to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Susie Warren-Smith. Bet you never thought I was going to say that, did you, Jane? (laughs) Who? Exactly. (laughs) I've changed my name. Not your voice, though. No. I recognise um, that voice. You recognise my voice. Yeah, so I used to be Sue Nelson, but now I'm Susie Warren-Smith. Oh, why? Are the police after you? <laughs> well, they have been before. <laughs> I got married before Christmas, and I thought I'd better use my proper name. Oh, bless. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to use my proper name from now on. So um, instead of saying, hi there, my name is Sue Nelson, which I've been doing for the last five years. Hi there, my name is Susie Warren-Smith. And for the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking all things food and drink. As usual. I'm joined by my fellow presenter, who, as far as I'm aware, has not changed her name, and she's Jane Payton. But I do have a nom de plume. Yeah, because Jane actually isn't your name either. It isn't. Do you want to know what it is? I do know what your name is. Go on, tell everybody. Monica Jane Payton. Monica. Monica doesn't suit you, though. No, it doesn't. But I was always meant to be Jane anyway, but um, named after my great, um, after my aunt, Monica. Why couldn't that be your middle name, though? Because Jane Monica doesn't have the rhythm okay. that Monica Jane Monica does. Jane, yeah, okay. So uh, Jane Payton, and she is one of the UK's leading experts on beer and cider. In fact, she is a certified beer sommelier. She's a a certified pommelier as well, actually. Yes, I was UK's first. Cidery thing. Mm. And author of numerous (laughs) books on the subject. So today we're talking about taste. Now, Jane, I know that you go and do lots of tastings. Um, You have loads of clients, international clients. Tell me, so what is taste to you? Because you've got an amazing palate. That is your job. Um, but what actually is taste? Because you can not like something but appreciate it. Mm. That quite often happens when you're judging and um, you're not judging from a point of whether you like it or not. It's whether it's good quality. I, When I'm doing my tastings and education things, I always talk about the fact that taste and flavour are two different things. So taste is what we get on our tongue, which is the five tastes. Bitterness, sweetness, salt, acidity, and umami. Umami, yeah. that word. And flavour is everything else. And flavour comes through the nose, through the aromatic. So flavour is everything else. What does that mean then? So taste is what hits your tongue. Mm. Why is that different from flavour? Is, is it that because that's what you pick up those, those actual sensations of sour, you know, bitter, whatever. But actually the flavour is... is, is the much more subtle things that you get on top of that. Yes, and that happens through the olfactory cells, the smell cells in the nose. So the brain registers the the flavours, which is the, the coffee, the chocolate, the strawberries, everything else, honey, everything else is through your nose. Now, it's a really interesting thing to do. If you have a cold, you don't taste anything properly. You, get, you don't get the flavours, you get the absolute basic tastes. And I often do this, if I'm doing a whiskey tasting, I do this, or any drink actually you can do this trick that you've drunk it you've sniffed it first and then you drink it the aromas go through your mouth into your nose if you then drink the same drink take a sip holding your nose then you get 
just the, the basic taste Tastes. and no flavour whatsoever. It's extraordinary. We should do it later. So try that. So try that. Well, um, in terms of taste, we our expert today on taste is AJ Sharp. Hello. Hello. You're going to talk, talk to us about taste because you are a, you are a judge of, of the Great Taste Awards. Yes, that's right. I've been coordinating for the Great Taste Awards for the last three years and judging for the last six. So we want to know all about how that works because I use the Great Taste Award, uh, what's it called, logo that's on packaging quite a lot. If I see something like that, I, I know that it's, it's very good quality. So I want, to, I want to understand the rigour, I suppose, behind that. And then the other expert we have is Stu <laughs> McDonald. He's laughing. You are an expert, Stu, Absolutely whether you like expert. it or not. Thanks very uh, much. And, and, and Stu is the founder of Manny Life, which we have in our house, which is a peanut butter brand. And they are probably probably the country's biggest winner of Taste Awards, are they? I believe we are. Yeah. Yes. We're going to have a little taste of that. And because I've got a great Taste Award judge here, she's going to tell me whether she really agrees with those, 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 um, those stars that you've got. And we've got three lovely jars in front of us, which I'm looking forward to, uh, looking forward to tasting. Um, AJ, now you were the youngest director to be appointed at one of the leading London food and drinks PR agencies. I know you're a modest person, but you were. Is that not correct? <laughs> and, and then after that, you founded Sharp Relations in 2010 when you were just 26. Yes. What a mad thing to do. It was a bit mad, and I think everyone else thought I was a bit mad as well. But. Mm. And your reason for starting agency was you just have a massive passion for food itself. Absolutely. And there were so many incredible artisanal products out there who I knew I could do so much to help them. And they weren't really ready for a big national London PR agency, but they just needed that leg up, that push through the door to really kind of propel them onto a national stage. So, so, so what does a PR agency do? Because most people think, oh, a bit lovey. Probably a bit of a waste of money. <laughs> it's the sort of thing that I think I need, but I don't know. If you were to take a brand like Man at Life when they first started off, in terms of PR, what, what exactly would you do for them? What, what does it mean exactly? PR. I is... always think of like a Dina in Absolutely Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. So it's not it's like that, that, is it? It's all that. <laughs> I wish it was all that. It's, it's all about your reputation management, isn't it? It's all about your brand visibility and making sure you're in front of the people who are most likely to be your customers. But there's quite a lot of strategy that goes behind PR and marketing of, of making sure you're either in front of the buyers, say, if you're trying to build out your kind of trade side of your business or or whether, in fact, it is actually reaching the consumers who you want to excite about your product and get them to walk into store and pick it up. So you, because you can have an amazing product that tastes fantastic. I mean, we taste some amazing things on this show, but actually if people don't know about them. You're not going to go anywhere, are you? Really? Let's face it. And, and there's just so much to choose from. That's true. I mean, one of my favourite phrases is always, no one knows how good your product is until the sale has already occurred, until they've tasted it. So yeah. it's all about getting that product into hands and getting them to taste it. And that's why I guess the Great Taste Award symbols are so fantastic, because it just takes that consumer another step closer towards that product of thinking, gosh, actually, there's some real proof here. There's some evidence that this is going to be a really good product that I should buy. So really, in terms of PR, actually, the true measure is not whether you've, I don't know, got 58,000 Twitter followers or whatever. The actual measure is, have you sold more product? That's, yes, that's the ultimate measure of what you do. Of course, it's the impact, isn't it, on the business? Did the business get pushed towards its ultimate commercial goals? Which is selling more. Yeah, 
Mm. So you you help people sell more. I do. That's what PR is. <laughs> That's what That's we what do. PR is. And we help people. Let's go to the Great Taste Awards. Now, um, in terms of the Great Taste Awards, I know that there are, I mean, it's, it's probably the most trusted food and drink accreditation, I would say. It's been going for donkey's years. And since 1994, I believe. So more than 150,000 products have been put through this uh, uh, mm. uh, sort of judging process. Mm-hmm. Three stars means it's it's like off the scale. It's exquisite. Yeah. Um, it's extraordinary. Only about 2% of the products that are entered, um, and there's quite strict t- criteria for entering, let, let alone um, get, you know, getting there. So only 2% of products are awarded three stars each year. So that's an extraordinary thing to, 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 to achieve. Two stars is outstanding. So that's, that's above right. and beyond delicious. That's right. That's a good way of describing it. Less than 10% of entries achieve this rating. And then one star is simply delicious. A food that delivers fantastic fa- flavour. And approximately a quarter of entries uh, get that rating. Now, I should say that, you know, that sounds quite high, a quarter of entries. But actually, there's a, there's a big gate before you can even get into enter, entering, being allowed to enter. Can you explain to me, you all, I don't know, you all rock up in a hotel, there's loads of stuff to eat. How does it work? You know, like you, you're on jam this this morning or, you know, how does it work exactly? Well, they don't segregate it by category. And there's two different locations where all the great taste judging happens. There's one in Gillingham in Dorset and another one in London, which is on Southwark Street near Borough Market. And the room will be set out with five different judging tables. And on that judging table, you have a coordinator, which is the role I do, and then one or two judges. And all of those judges have been selected because they have a specialism or an expertise in that area. And your role as a coordinator is to be a sort of team captain on that table to keep the products going at at a pace of, I think you have about five minutes per product. So you can't sit there and go, actually, I really like that one. I think I'll finish the jar. (laughs) Well, well, you you, honestly, sometimes when you get a really good product (laughs) and you really have to control everyone on the table and get it moved off around the room so that we can find out if everyone else agrees with our Oh, so it's comments. not just one person who, who decides that? No, no, very rarely. Uh, well, never, in fact. So it will start off on one table and it will go around several different judging tables. So you'll have the five different judging tables. You've got between 10 and 15 people or pallets who will touch the product. And then you have three referral tables where, again, there's another coordinator and another one or two judges. And the referral tables act as a sort of safety net for the whole system. So say it's gone round several tables and everyone's gone, well, that's rubbish, really don't like it at all. Everyone's given it a zero. I can't imagine that ever happens, but, you, you know, yeah, yeah. Very rarely. Yeah. And on the referral table, you might go, actually, no, this is really, it's got something. And you can then give it another chance and send it off back around the room and say, no, I've seen something in this which is really fantastic. And it'll act the other way as well. If something's gone sky high, you can kind of help. So, so you have a whole number of judges that they will, you know, they'll give it a score, I'm presuming, and then that will get cross, cross-referenced um, in essence. What do you do when it's not sort of a product that you can just eat straight away? So what do you do with things like meat or cheese, which has to be absolutely the right temperature? I mean, it must be a logistical nightmare in many respects. <laughs> oh, the team is absolutely fantastic. You've got the guys in the kitchen who are cooking everything to the exact temperature, the exact specification as labelled on the pack, as the producer and the consumer at home would have received. And sometimes the meat will come out and it may be covered because it said leave to rest for 20 minutes or something. And there'll be a little sign on it saying, do not taste this before 11 o'clock, for example. Wow. Okay. And as the hot food comes out, it's covered in tin foil, So, you know, straight away it's hot food and you prioritize it. So you will finish judging whatever it is you're judging 
and immediately do the hot food because, of course, you have to taste it when it's at its absolute on point perfection. Now, I've been a judge on on numerous food awards. People think it's a lovely job. It's horrible. (laughs) I just think it's all. I mean, I feel sick at the end of the day. Because as you say, you're not, all right, I'm the chocolate person. No, you might do that at 10 o'clock and then all the steaks come out and then I've got a bit of steak and then I'm tasting damson gin. And then it is quite difficult and you've got to be right on it because it's, because it's so important to the producers themselves. Completely critical. It's their livelihood. You have to take it really genuinely seriously. very seriously. Mm. But yes, you can end up kind of dotting about from product to product what we tend to try and do is to start with the kind of subtle and delicate flavors and work our way up to the more punchy spicy garlicky flavors at the end because it can be quite a pounding on your palate but they're very good they provide cream crackers and bits of apple and water and everything like that to help you cleanse your palate between different tastings are you tasting everything blind Everything is completely blind. They course, go so there's to... no labels or anything like that, so you don't know who it is? No, absolutely everything's be de- de- decanted out of the packaging and put into a clear glass jar on a white plate, maybe a clear chopping board, something like that. So you have absolutely no idea. There's simply a code, and that's how you attribute your, the feedback that you've written to that product. Does it just mean stuff that gets judged at the end of the day is a bit, like, disadvantaged? No, because you're, it's, it's never, you're never eating huge quantities yeah, of fair. everything. And you're kind of sipping. And, and the lady in the room, there's a lady called Sylvia Davidson, and she takes the tiniest taste because you always need two or three yeah. tastes, one to acclimatise, one yeah. to actually taste. And she just takes the tiniest amount. And there's cool. definitely a pacing yourself element to it, no, for sure. Yeah, it is it's quite difficult. So having gone through that, I've got Stu's peanut butter, rich cocoa one, which yeah. currently, I'm saying currently, Stu, doesn't have any stars because I presume it hasn't been submitted yet. Hasn't been submitted. This is so, the year there, guys. Okay, so we're going to give this a tasting. Is this a brand Jane, new product? Uh, so it's five months old. We released the crunchy version of that today, actually. So Mm-mm. Obviously, it's difficult to speak when we've had yeah. peanut butter. Yes. Jane, you are at the moment a great taste judge. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? You need to speak. I do, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm stunned into silence. <laughs> now, that although it says rich cocoa, it is not chocolate. Not at all. But you do get a bit of bitterness from the mm. cocoa coming mm. through. I like that, which, actually. Which um, is very interesting. You don't like it? No, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. That's um, so it's, it's smooth. Find the right yeah. words to describe mm. my enjoyment. So what's the thinking behind this, Steve? Manny Life has this kind of principle, source what we believe are the finest finest ingredients in the world, but it's really important they've got context. So we kind of knew that cocoa was an opportunity and then for the next six or seven months, basically kind of searched the world for what we thought was the best cocoa. And I think we found it. So yeah, that's basically it. So what is cocoa? So, so cocoa's uh, produced a bit like chocolate in a way, isn't it? Because you've still got the big, massive beans. So cocoa is an ingredient in chocolate. Uh, what's in that is actually cocoa powder. When you press cocoa beans, you get two things. You get cocoa butter, which is what goes into chocolate. Yeah. You get cocoa powder, which also is a chocolate, but kind of to less degree. So what's interesting is that when we press that, got to find someone who will buy the cocoa butter to make chocolate. Make with. chocolate, yeah, 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 yeah. So it all gets used. So this has got, this has got ref, you know, really good cocoa powder in it. Mm. Now, for me, that isn't chocolatey, Pila. And, and I think that's a pretty nice addition to peanuts, actually. I do. I love the colour of it as well. It's a... Yes, it's a really beautiful brown colour. Thanks, guys. What do you reckon? Much, look, same colour as my jacket. Oh, it's the same colour as your jacket. Right, so that's that. Next one, we're going to taste... This is the original Roast Crunchy. Yeah. And now, this is peanut butter. It's got uh, a great taste two-star award. Yeah. Now, how difficult is that, AJ? 
I'm gonna, we're going to taste it while you're talking. Well, a great taste two star award is is really difficult. I mean, only 10% of products ever get a two star. And generally, a two star will be as well made as a three star, but there will be one minor fault with Ooh, the product. Oh, you've got a minor fault in there. AJ, you're killing me. <laughs> one minor thing that maybe could have been slightly changed. and that, But a two star is an incredible accolade. Yeah. In terms of that, you're saying it's like just slightly off perfection just one tiny tiny thing off perfection mm, you're gonna have to do some work on that then, yeah i know gutters now explain to me how how peanut butter is made then ultimately it's like a really simple process it's peanuts which are sourced from all around the world ours come from a weird state in argentina uh they're then roasted which is like one of the ways you release the flavor and then it's blended into a paste and that's and that's kind of it we add salt as well but where we differentiate is that every major brand in the uk blends into paste using something called a mill which is a continuous inline process whereas we are the only brand in the uk to make in small batches and what that does is kind of improve the texture and also means it's an absolute nightmare to make because it's all kind of handmade but, but and, and so quality control is really important because yeah, you sure. need to watch every batch. Yeah. So ex- exactly why are you you know you sourcing from Argentina? What what's the connection for you? Seven years ago, I went there when I had a job offer for a company called PwC as an accountant, and when I was there, coincidentally, I met this family who run a peanut estate, and I just fell in love with them, and then imported their first ton of peanuts from them in 2015 which was a complete disaster because the day they arrived, our production partner pulled out. So I started it with a ton of peanuts in my bedroom and uh, (laughs) got a few mates together and started our rugby club kitchen. Mm. So so what exactly is a peanut then? So it's a ground nut, Yeah. Uh, not to be confused with a real nut. The peanuts grow underground. And they are legumes, aren't they? They are legumes. They're not, yeah, they're not nuts. And um, I was in Zambia with Oxfam. I'm a volunteer school speaker, went to see Oxfam's work and mosquitoes, malaria mosquitoes and groundnuts are enemies. So <laughs> you don't, if you plant groundnuts around the village, the mozzies don't come into your village. Mm. Really don't like the smell of groundnuts. So it's a really simple and, in, and effective way of preventing malaria mosquitoes coming into your village and killing you potentially. So you were out there. Yeah. You come across this, this, this farm, mm. I'm guessing, yeah. but you're still using them today? Yeah, since day one. Um, and I was actually out there for the first time since seven years ago, three weeks ago. And it was just, it was amazing. Because uh, we obviously speak on the phone quite a lot, but I hadn't seen them face to face for years. And yeah, it's it's genuinely because I really like, and obviously their product's fantastic too. But one of the things that kind of gets me going is working with people that we love. And, yeah. and I'm so, quite soppy, but I do. And so why is it called Manny Life then? It's a bit so of a weird name. Manny means peanut in Argentine. Ah. Uh, often people confuse it with man life, which means we no. don't sell to many women, unfortunately, but we need, we need to sort that out. <laughs> you need a PR company yeah, to exactly. sort that out for yeah, you. Know. You know, that's true. We're now going to taste the, this, according to AJ, is perfection. Yeah. There's not a tiny bit wrong with it. Yeah. It's, a th- it's three stars. It is your crunchy, mm. deep roast. Now, this right, has no, got a slightly different colour to it. So most peanut butters are quite beige. Mm-hmm. This one's a much deeper, Very rich, ochre yes. colour. Jane, do you want to have a little taste? This is the crunchy one. See... Do you like crunchy or do you like uh, smooth? Well, I like cr- I like crunchy when it's not too claggy. And I found stews was just the right amount of mm. liquidity. Because yeah, otherwise much... you just get a mouthful of, of nuts and it's too... But yeah. that was lovely and, and, and this. So how, do you, get, how okay. do you get it to be slightly So this has got quite an interesting this. story. The deep roast 
was actually created completely by accident. We were in the rugby club and we burnt the peanuts by accident and we were going to throw it out, but then we tasted it and realized it was bloody good. Uh, so we kind of sat in a circle and we're like, what's the best name we can come up for burnt? And that was Deep Roast. And since then, there's versions launching all over the world, which is quite cool. Mm. Mm, this is great because you get some caramel mm. from the um, the roast coming through. Mm, that is really, really, that is my favourite, actually. Mm. That deserves three stars, AJ. Um, and also, so, the, the, the nuts are just the right size. They're not too big, the, yeah. the crunchy nuts, just yeah. the right size. Texture. Texturally, yeah. beautifully. Some brands that you get, it's very, they separate. So you get mm. oil at the bottom, yeah. or oil at the top. Yeah. And, and, and then the stuff underneath is actually quite hard. Mm. So then you're trying to stir it and you can't, and it's really, really difficult. So some people say, oh, well, just put it in the microwave, you know. I don't want to do that. Never heard really. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, for a few seconds. This doesn't do that. You're, no, so we have your stuff at home and it stays in a, in a really nice, quite liquid state, doesn't it? Mm. And it's got a really, yeah. How do you manage that? Is it like a trade secret? I'd love to say it was, but basically because we're making small batches, we're churning out stock every day. And what stops it separating is ultimately, ultimately like the age of the product. So very fortunately, you're probably buying from a store that sells really fast. So it will separate after maybe two months, three months. But oh, one of the okay. things about ours being made in batches is it separates slightly slower because it's kind of thicker and creamier. Yeah. Whereas when you have like an ultra smooth one, that's because the oil has been let out to like an nth degree. So that separates faster. And in terms of your sort of ethical approach, um, yeah. um, can, can you just talk to us a little bit about palm oil? Why is it important not to have palm oil? And so, yours doesn't contain palm oil at all. So I don't kind of like want to preach on this, but ultimately... Do it. Go on. Go for it. So palm oil sourcing is kind of understood to be pretty unsustainable. You've got to kind of burn down rainforest to get it, uh, which obviously has a big impact on the environment. But ultimately for me, the reason why we don't use it is because it's kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and but it's cheap, though, presumably. Yeah, it's cheap, but you don't use very much of it in peanut yeah. butter, to be honest. But it, and it is cheap. I think the the main thing is as well is that it contains something called trans fats, which aren't that good for you. So we always like to market ourselves as a taste brand with kind of health as a kind of incidental add-on. Uh, but yeah, all in all, it's not not that great. Uh, and yours has no added sugar. Yeah, which I know some do, and yeah. and it's it's completely fine for vegans. Yeah, love vegans. Love vegans, and, <laughs> and actually, this this uh, within reason yeah. because it is high in um or, you know mm. uh, fat and carbohydrates. Yeah. But within reason, it's actually a pretty decent healthy product, especially for kids first Mate, thing in the it's morning. It's so good for they, you, genuinely. Yeah, before they go to school. So obviously, there's loads of fat in it, but it's monounsaturated fat, which is great for you. It's kind of got a similar fat profile to an avocado, and obviously, we all love avocados. But yeah, my I've, my brother's just had a kid, um, and he's a year old now. And when he walks into my mum's kitchen, he points at Manny Life. You can't speak yet, but completely indoctrinated. Yeah, completely. Child, honestly, excellent. So, so I know a lot of people. Uh, mm. You know, gym people who go to the gym yeah. and are very keen on their health love this because yeah. it's high in protein. Yeah, for sure. And one of the so we obviously cater to them, but one of our kind of unique audiences is chefs. Uh, so we've actually recently been asked to do a cookbook, which is very exciting. And so it's what we're trying to kind of elevate peanut butter is to make it an ingredient because like snacking is quite exciting but really what's really exciting to me is kind of getting people together and kind of creating what we call manny moments of happiness which sounds way cornier when you say it out <coughs> you must skate over that one yeah. <laughs> um, so jane doesn't cook right really? she drinks but really? she doesn't cook yeah. <coughs> and she's a great person to come around your house and bring wine yeah. and, and beer yeah. and talk about it and yeah. open bottles very good at that i do cook this peanut butter is a really good replacement for tahini so tahini can, can you know, it does degrade quite quickly, I think. Yeah. So if you get your Ottolenghi cookbook out, 
or any of those amazing sort of Middle Eastern uh, things. Um, anywhere where it says tahini, I use peanut. I use Manilife peanut butter. That's so there's a amazing. great dressing that I yeah. use an awful lot, and it has harissa, yeah. pomegranate molasses, yeah. uh, honey, lime juice. And a big slug of peanut butter is the down. most. I'll write it down for you. Can you give me any royalties that come with? Happily, um, happily. But 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 it's a it's a great replacement for tahini. And and actually, I would probably use. It has to be smooth, I think. But I probably would use these mm. because it's got such a depth. So great in in uh, any recipes that require tahini. I've learned two fantastic things today. One's the bit about malaria, and second, <laughs> oh, yeah. that. So thanks very much, guys. That's all right. Um, AJ, your PR. How would you spin that? <laughs> <laughs> Get that into the story. Yeah, not many moments of happiness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poss- possibly not. Um, when's the next uh, Great Taste release of the awards? It's an annual thing, isn't it? It's an annual thing, yes. You can enter your products online uh, January, February time, and then judging is going from March all the way through till June, I think it ends. And I think the results are announced in August yeah. normally. Judges tend to be chefs, cooks, buyers, retailers, restaurateurs, food critics, writers. There's a whole range of people, isn't there? Yeah, there's a whole range and a huge amount of experience in the room. There's people who are very qualified MWs. And, and then you've got butchers and growers and producers, cheesemakers, everybody. I, I mean, it really does help sales, doesn't it, AJ? Honestly, seriously, because people like me who, who are very into food and cooking, I if I see a, 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 a two or three star, I will try it, definitely. Oh, yeah. The, the, the logo, the, the, the little badge thing is, is so well known now isn't it absolutely and as judges the excitement when the little booklet comes out the great taste booklet with all the different things that we've tasted that we know were three star because we were there but we don't know what the product is because of course it's blind tasting oh yes so So this excitement for us when it all gets announced of who these different brands are is absolutely fantastic yes great and then Stu, if anybody's interested in manny life where can they get your stuff so in more places now than before but we are in sainsbury's waitrose ocado on amazon on our website and in hundreds of independent stores that were ultimately the guys that got us going in the first place. And, and how many guys have you got working with you now? So now 14, which is... 14, yeah, so a good yeah. call out to all our, our Manny yeah. Life employees. Yeah. Thank good you bunch, so much. Yeah. We love Thanks your stuff. Much, guys. <laughs> yes, very, very good. And, and next stage? Next you. stage, so... World domination. Yeah, exactly. Got a few new products coming out, which is very exciting. And ultimately, I think at the moment, like 92% of the UK don't know who we are. So got to get to know a few of them first. But yes. yeah. It's good. Really good product. I do, I do like it a lot. Jane, any final comments on, on peanut butter? You will use it in your cooking? <laughs> in my dreams, in that parallel universe where I am actually somebody who cooks rather than just opens mm. bottles. Mm. But you see, I'm the friend to have because yeah. I always bring good stuff around and I say, this goes really well with... What would you drink with peanut butter? I suppose you wouldn't, would you really? It's You'd not really want something thing. with tannins and acidity to cut through that richness mm-hmm. so wine cider beer beer would be really good actually beer beer would be really good you can get peanut butter stouts actually yes yeah, so i had a really nice peanut butter stout and i thought it would be horrendous but it was really really good mm-hmm. it was it was it just gave it that nuttiness it was mm-hmm. it was great as long as you have the bitterness there underneath to yeah, just yeah, yeah. take that yeah. sickliness away that you can get sometimes so Stu, you need to you need to team Make up with a, a stout makers because exactly. anybody who listens to this program will know that stout and porter is my favourite drink. So so um yes, get get doing that. AJ, thank you so much. Please come on the program again soon. Any final comments about the Great Taste Award? Just enter if you're a producer. It yeah, is definitely absolutely. worthwhile. What happens if you want to be a judge? Is, is it can you apply to be a judge? Yeah, I should think you get in touch with the Guild of Fine Food and talk to them about your experience and, yeah. and what you know and 
ask, ask oh, to join that way. Presume they're always looking for judges as well. Um, and again, thank you so much, um, Stu McDonald of, of Manor Life. You've been listening to the Food Talk Show. My name is Susie Warren-Smith. It used to be Sue Nelson. <laughs> Jane thinks this is very funny. We're syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Audible, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you very much, Jane. Did you enjoy that? I really did. It was fantastic and very a good learning thanks, Jane. experience. <laughs> yes, very, very good. Um, so thanks, Jane, and to our, uh, our partners, the lovely people at Producing Cat. If you want to recommend any future guests, someone doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, or it's just something you think we should taste, always up for a bit of tasting, get in touch with our producer, Simon, by emailing him on hello at foodtalk.co.uk. Or if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of past podcasts on topics from snail farming to beekeeping, go to foodtalk.co.uk. We were discussing the other day, Jane, we actually have over 300 podcasts. We're not some new people on the block, are we? Absolutely not. There's a whole Five or six years worth every week for five or six years. So we've got, honestly, topics on everything. So please go go and have a look and uh, have a listen. And thank again to our guests and have a good week. Bye-bye.